Welcome to Western North Carolina Original Music, episode 34. You know if you take 34 and multiply it by 2, you get 68, and that's almost, you know, <laughs> the sex number. Thank you, Michelle Guild. Make sure to go check out her humorous podcast, Welcome to My Show, available on all the podcast platforms. This week's guest is Andrew Thelston. He is a very popular singer, songwriter, guitarist, producer, probably some things that aren't any of my business. Andrew plays both solo and in his band called the Andrew Thelston Band. You can see them all around town and all around the country. Make sure if you haven't already to go back and listen to the previous mini episode uh, with a preview of Andrew's upcoming single, which comes out on February 15th. Andrew is also part owner of Gingerbird Studios in Asheville, which uh, has recorded a lot of local and national acts. You can find information about Andrew's music and about Gingerbird Studios at andrewthelston.com. That's Andrew and T-H-E-L-S-T-O-N. Com. Also, make sure to look up his YouTube channel, which has a lot of really good videos and music on it as well. All right, I've been talking for almost two minutes, so it's time for some music. Here's Andrew Thelston.
When You're In Sight, that was the uh, first single off of my album that I released uh, last October. Um, and I kind of remember writing it um, sort of as like a dusty Western. Uh, when you listen to it, uh, the recorded version, I've kind of played with a couple different genres at once. Um, lots of kind of uh, almost guttural Quentin Tarantino guitar work, low-end country guitar uh, underneath it all, but um, very much a passionate song about, um, you know, trying to leave a town that you are very much connected to and uh, the problems that kind of come with that. And I wrote a lot of these songs. Uh, the band I'd been in for about seven years broke up and um you know kind of took that as a a chance to go through therapy i guess (laughs) with writing songs and things like that um about the actual event itself but a lot of the songs are kind of ambiguous with um being about relationships versus friendships and all that kind of stuff so you like it when your songs are like that like they have like it gives more meaning to more people. For sure, yeah. I try not to overly talk about, you know, exactly what each song is about or anything like that. But most of my songs, I will say that um, they come from actual events that I've seen or witnessed or heard about or things like that. I might combine a couple of them and kind of, you know, artistic creativity into uh, the actual end product, but yeah, it's usually stuff that I've seen or heard or done or, you know, witnessed.
Yeah, that was one actually directly what we were just mentioning uh, about Beck and uh, his album. That was one that I wrote right around that time. I finally put words to it. I had written the uh, the bass part for it, and it was I was actually really proud of the bass part. I wrote it a long time ago for the band that I was in, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, and they liked the bass part, but for some reason the rest of it wasn't really gelling. So I was like, eh, I'll just put it aside. And I came back to it, and I was like, I really, you know, finally had some lyrics for it. And I was like, all right. And I finally had, like, a vibe for it. And uh, the middle section is kind of Beatles-influenced. I'm going between a couple different, you know, I'm going from major, a C major to an A major, which is kind of a, a drastic change. But I'm a huge Beatles fan, mm-hmm. yeah. if you can't tell. But, um, you know, uh, huge, huge into the Beatles. And um you know, I think that was a little reminiscent, at least in my head, of uh, something the Beatles may have written in a song, they, yeah. you know, something like that. More Andrew Thelston music in just a few moments. Uh, again, want to encourage you to go to his website, andrewthelston.com, and listen to his music. He's got some stuff for sale there. And check out his YouTube channel and look for him on Facebook and Instagram. We'll have all the links in the show notes. Uh, and follow him there and it looks like uh, I look at his page all the time he's always playing somewhere I think literally uh, some weeks it looks like he's playing six seven nights a week I think and and it's always something different because he's playing solo he's playing with his band he plays uh, with people sometimes uh, sits in with other bands plays in some duos and that sort of thing so make sure to check that out and see him near you What's up, everybody? This is Andrew Scotchy. You're listening to WNC Original Music.
So uh, Fade Away was one uh, that was actually the last song that I wrote for the album. And some of the lyrics kind of kind of show that, <laughs> um, I, you know, I was kind of under the gun. And one thing that drives me nuts about musicians now and bands now, um, 
that a lot of them are, oh, it's not perfect yet. It's not perfect. Let me remix it or let me, let's spend another two months just listening to it. And then, you know, then we'll go back in and remix it and then I'll add something else. And then that drives me nuts. Like with me, usually the way that it it goes is, of course, I've got a lot of ideas. And of course, it is good to kind of listen to it, take a break, come back to it, whatever. But I had a hard stop for my birthday. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to have this out on my birthday. I'm like, this is my 30th birthday. I want this done. I want CDs in my hand on my birthday, yeah. you know, selling them and all that stuff for the album release party. And so uh, that put me to the beginning of September, and I was definitely still writing the lyrics for Fade Away. Along with that, I was also moving from Hendersonville to Black Mountain. So I was in the midst of, uh, of course, you know, we're here at my, at my house in my home studio, uh, I was recording um, some. Uh, I'm blanking on it. Uh, talk box, electric guitar, talk oh, yeah. box. Joe Walsh, Joe mm-hmm. Barry, all those guys uh, used um, Eagle songs, all that good stuff. Um, so I have a lot of talk box in the chorus, which is pretty cool because nobody really uses them anymore. Right. But uh, one of the memories of working on Fade Away is I was getting ready for work and uh, doing some recording in the morning. And I'm sitting in this like empty room with a computer and my interface and my microphone with my Les Paul and like this, you know, if you've ever messed with a, you know, it's just a stupid tube you put in your yeah. mouth and you're moving it around. And I was just like, this must look so weird. If anybody was to come in and see me doing this, like in this empty room, but uh, it turned out I was actually really happy with it. And at the very end of the song, um, you can actually kind of hear me breathe a little bit, uh-huh. but it's not from the vocals. It's from the, the talk box, oh, yeah. you know, because you have to have the mic right next to it or whatever. But um, that one, I'm pretty proud of a lot of the lyrics in that, um, you know, uh, blind eyes and heartache, the truth will never be solved. You know, I was I was pretty proud of that one. And then there's a good line in the second verse, uh, like flickering lights and lingering nights, anticipations in the air. Um, that one was literally when I'd be driving from Daniel's back to my house, there was this flickering light, like one of those like road lights and just constantly every night, same time, like it would be just going off. Uh And I was like, that's, I'll throw that in there. And in the middle the the bridge, I'm going to sit right down. I'm going to write a song. It was literally, I couldn't come up with anything at the point. And I was like, I just got to sit down. I got to write this song. Yeah. I was like, oh, that'll work. I was like, that'll totally work. So it's kind of, uh, you know, but it's also a little bit of satire, I guess, towards um, people really pushing like, oh, this is going to be the hit song. Like, let me put a hook right here and let me, you know, really make sure people are really going to like, you know, pay attention to it and all that kind of stuff.
Don't want to cure. I uh, wrote this one um, several years ago, and I kind of forgot about it. And when I started doing a lot more solo, uh, a lot more solo gigs and things like that, um, I was like, you know, it's a pretty good song. I should bring it back and kind of reworked it into an acoustic version. Um, but yeah, that one is a, I was really proud of that song. Um, you know, as, as an artist and as a writer, you kind of go through phases and lulls and things like that. And I was like, that was the song where when I wrote it and like recorded it, I was like, okay, this, I feel pretty good about that song. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm not, not to sound braggadocious or anything, right. but I was like pretty proud of this one. So it's a good feeling when you, you write a song a long time ago Yeah, and you, you hope that you. You want your newer songs to be even better. Yeah. You want to grow as a as yeah. a writer. But also it feels good to know, hey, I wrote a really good song. Yeah. And it stands up five years later. Absolutely. Later. Yeah. 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 And it's it's a good one. And it's uh you know, again, I'm I'm pretty proud of that one. But um you know, the line drowning in ones and zeros mm-hmm. and out of luck, you know, staring at a computer screen basically. Yeah. You know, and um but yeah, very very proud of that one for sure. Tell me real quick about your musical training. Well, um, let's go all the way back. Right. Uh, when I was like, had a rattle. Yeah. <laughs> well, my mom, you were, you're rattling. On I know. Yeah. Tapping away. Pear diddles on the yeah. side of the yeah. thing. Um, my mom was the reason I really got into music. She was a musician. She actually played drums and, uh, a great singer herself. Um, though she would never admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, that side of the family was really, uh, kind of pushing me towards music. Um, not really pushing me, but they were just like, oh yeah, if you want to play music, you should play music. I took piano lessons when I was really little and I hated them. I was like, this is not for me. And so I stopped doing piano lessons, but, uh, probably around middle school age, uh, I really wanted to play guitar and my grandmother had an electric guitar. And I remember seeing it as a child, like younger, and just being like, oh, wow, look at that. That's, that's a guitar. Everybody's got a guitar in their house. Like she had, like just, it was your grandmother's guitar? Yeah. Like it wasn't her. She, I don't think she ever played it. I think she won it at like a oh, raffle okay. or something yeah. in the 80s. Oh. And so it was just kind of there all the time. I, was I remember seeing like it. like a video of her on Oh, YouTube yeah. From Granny with an electric guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was this one. It was a, I a, wish, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, my uh, my grandmother had it. And then I was like, well, I kind of want to learn how to play. And so she was like, all right, you know, and gave it to me to play. And I was like, awesome. And it was horrible. It was a horrible mm. guitar. Oh, the yeah. worst electric guitar yeah. I've probably ever played. But it was... It was like a cheap knockoff uh-huh. Les Paul uh-huh. thing from the 80s. But uh, it was really nice that she, you know, gave it to me. And I started playing and I really got into it. I took some lessons from a couple different uh, guitar teachers. And then I went to school for music. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Western Carolina University, I got a degree in commercial and electronic music uh, a couple of years ago, 2009. And... Um, yeah, it was a really good program, and I was, along with doing everything with recording and music theory and playing in lots of different jazz groups and ensembles and all that stuff, uh, I was gigging all the time in the band that I was in at the time, so I really learned a lot about uh, how to book gigs and how to book good gigs and how to book bad gigs <laughs> and how to avoid booking bad gigs. <laughs> Okay, that's it for part one of Andrew Thelston's episode. We should have one or maybe even two follow-up episodes. Look for those. 
Make sure to check the show description for links to Andrew's work and his music and keep an eye out for that single coming out February 15th and we'll remind you here. I want to thank Michelle Guild for both the intro and the fake commercial in the middle and also thank her mom, Kathy, for participating. Also want to thank the super group, The Turn Leaves, for the temporary theme song uh, for Andrew's episodes. Uh, that's Chad Jordan, Jeff Bertle, John Jay, plus one. Make sure to sign up for the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, uh, including Apple Podcasts or iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, just a whole bunch of places. And remember, every time you don't sign up, an angel kills a puppy. That's it for now. Uh, remember to look out for regular episodes and also the special mini episodes that are just for subscribers. And subscribing is free, so save those puppies. Have a good week. I hooked Ron up today. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> Are you not giving that to